Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Pop quiz. What do October 6, 2019 and January 7th, 2020 have in common? Uh, Zadina scored. These are the only two days this season Red Wings fans have been truly happy. Oh, wait, say, what October 6th. Oh, the home opener. Mantha's four-goal game, Zadina filling Montreal's net. I heard Incorrect, I- there was a third when Robbie Fabry had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah However true. many that was. Yeah, but that was still in the wins might be bad for the lottery picks, and nobody was fully invested yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I heard October 26th because I got distracted by uh, Evan's beautiful water bottle. Is that yours or Kat's, to be honest? We have two, but that's hers. Which one? What does yours look like? Much darker in Man, color. black. It's like gray. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice. So. Mine was all the way upstairs and I was not that's about to go back up the stairs. Tough so. life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the um, the best win of the season. And I maintain that. Just for the one single narrative. Forget the fact that the first 40 minutes of that game were like really terrible hockey to watch. Like so gross and ugly. I was pretty annoyed that I was sitting there watching it. That one goal made it worth it. Yeah. That was the highlight of the season. And there is no debate. Yes, Mantha's four game goal game was cool, but it wasn't prophesized like Zadina filling Montreal's net was. We'll get into all that and a bunch of other things on this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. I'm Evan. You, you, you almost did it there. I almost did it. Um, Evan, you are bound for the slope soon. You're going to go on a vacation, which is good because you deserve one because you haven't been on one since the end of last like year. Like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels crazy. But yes, I am. Uh, nobody, knows what here, nobody here knows what Evan does for a living. Same. He, <laughs> I just make it up every day as I go. I just show up to work and pretend I know what I'm doing. It's a very Barney from How I Met Your Mother situation. Yeah, he just walked into a building with his social insurance number one day, gave it to him, and he's been collecting a paycheck ever since. It's amazing what you can do when you walk around with a notebook and a pen but you and gotta, your laptop. And you just got to look like you're in a hurry. Exactly. You're not actually in a hurry. You just got to look like it. As soon as I've started bringing my notebook to meetings... People think I'm on top of stuff a lot more. Really? I really am. I, whenever people bring notebooks to meetings, I think they're dweebs who are faking it because nobody keeps accurate notes in a notebook. What page is it on? How do you find it? Mine is just by week by week. So what you- every, every page is a, a, I don't know, every two pages is another week. So every Friday, do you burn the previous week's notes? No, I keep them in case there's stuff I didn't actually finish. All his notes are places he's planning on vacationing this year. <laughs> and they're actually very good notes, by the way. You know, I ha- I put I draw a little box around things that have to be action items, and then anything that's just like okay, FYI notes, I just put a little dash and then write the note. Yeah, they're very organized. Uh, is there a take your uh, podcast co-host to work day? No. But there is a bring your children to work day, and I can see what I can do. <laughs> Perfect. We'll just strap a GoPro to Mika. <laughs> you imagine? Yeah. What What does your your parents do? My My dad works at an insurance company. That'd be a riveting day for the for your children. Brad's short enough; he could probably pass as your kid. <laughs> That's true. He's got a baby face too. That's true. <laughs> 
we have a few things to talk about before we start this episode of the Wingwheel Podcast. Uh, last episode, I mentioned to you guys uh, the fundraiser on GoFundMe for the uh, Australian wildfire relief. Uh, an expansion onto that today. Um, podcast uh, sponsor uh, and a uh, generous, generous uh, man, Everett, uh, at Born to Dan Hart on Twitter. Uh, we're partnering with him to uh, give away a set of two tickets to and they're within 10 rows off the ice uh, for the ho- final home game of the season for the Red Wings on April 4th against Tampa Bay and uh, we'll be at that game as well just as an FYI that's going to be a bloodbath the ra- the rules are as follows uh, make a donation to any foundation Red Cross Port Macquarie Koala Hospital Fire Authorities etc or go fund me like uh, the one from the Australian Facebook Australian Red Wings fan Facebook group uh, working to aid Australia in the wildfire crisis Post a screenshot of your donation and tag uh, us or Everett on Twitter. Every dollar donated is one entry into the giveaway, and we'll give away those tickets as our way of uh, kind of helping out with that whole thing. Uh, as you guys know, uh, there's a big contingent of uh, Australian Red Wings fans, and uh, this hits close close to home for them, which means it hits close to home for us. So um, really, really um, important that we all band together and, and help out uh Hockey Town, wherever that may be. Uh, I think they've raised already like 1500 bucks Jesus. on that GoFundMe, yeah. If you if you donate a hundred dollars, it gets you a hundred ballots, and that's still like half the face value of what you probably have to spend on those tickets. Half face value. Hey, we we donate a hundred dollars. Do we get a hundred ballots? If it if we win, it goes to Evan, and we see if he can figure out what's wrong with that situation. <laughs> the sweet free tickets. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Uh, no, so uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, we tweeted it out, and so did Everett. So go look at that, and thank you, Everett, as always, uh, for being an incredible, incredible uh, sponsor for this show, uh, as well as Daniel Rossi from RD Woodworking. We are planning the reveal of the table soon. Uh, we're going to try to do a little reveal video for you guys. Um, I think he may have to coordinate with Mel to get it in here without all of us seeing it, or at the very least, you two will be surprised and not me. Although I can't think of, I honestly can't think of two worse people to have like candid reactions from than you two. You're going to get nothing. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> when we were putting together this room, Mel was like, what are the guys going to say? Probably I was, nothing. I was like, Evan's going to say, sup. <laughs> and Brad's going to be like, cool. <laughs> I don't even think you got that. No. <laughs> she was like, we worked so, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Doesn't, yeah. It doesn't mean they don't like or appreciate it. It's just. No, that's how they are. If if a guy ever came over to my house and was like, "Wow, I really like what you did with this room," I'd say, "Please leave." <laughs> I do that all the time. I wouldn't say it to you because I know you. There's no chance you, you partook in that decoration. No, I'm just the funder of uh, decorating. Also, uh, I have to put it out there. I did not take play, take part in any of the decor here. That was all Mel's vision. I mean. I believe that because it's put together and makes it's coordinated. For what it's worth, that camera only sees this table, so they have no idea what the decor. Yeah, they just see they just see a blank white white wall. wall. Look, look at what my lovely girlfriend has done—a white wall. She's so talented, guys. (laughs) In fairness, there's still jerseys to go up, and we have officially sourced all four. So hopefully soon with that one. Uh, If anyone's pinned jerseys up to slanted walls. Not shadow box, like pin the jerseys up because we want some noise muffling. Let us know because uh, we we kind of have to figure this one out as we go. Evan, did you hit record on that? Yeah. Why is the uh, screen blank? Turns out that Evan didn't hit record on that. So for those of you who are watching on YouTube, this is uh, <laughs> this is the start of the video. Well, we didn't 
Other than you missed the fundraising stuff, go give money to Australia. Uh, oh, they'll still have the audio. I'll just do a little okay. video editing magic here. Good. I didn't. I was not starting over. Oh, God, no. no that no. was not happening. Uh, so on this episode of the Wing Wheel Podcast, we're going to talk about the Red Wings, specifically Philip Zadina, uh, and just kind of gush about that for three hours. Um, we're going to talk about trade targets, quite possibly. It's almost that time of year. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some goings-on around the league. So first of all, Philip Zadina. Before that game against Montreal, I thought this is one that we would I would want to win only if Philip Zadina scores a game winner. Because how sweet would that be? After Zadina got drafted, for those of you who don't know, uh, after Philip Zadina got drafted sixth overall by the Red Wings, a uh, someone was interviewing him and they said, "What do you feel?" about um you know Ottawa and Montreal passing on you when by all rights they could have taken you and Arizona as well and Zadina like laughing said uh, I I can't wait to fill their nets with pucks and uh, it's been a point in contention for um Ottawa and Montreal fans yes uh you know Brady Kachuk's been great over in Ottawa Ottawa fans are less hostile because well they're Ottawa fans and Brady Kachuk has very much eased their minds (laughs) Montreal fans, not as much. No, no. It's a fun group to chat with because they are uh, rabid about, like, they're very passionate. In fairness, I'm I'm sure that's what they see from Red Wings fans as well, Uh, especially the Red Wings fans who are, like, clamoring to see something from Zadina because he didn't have a lot before the season to show by by way of an NHL record. Um, Yeah, just a funny group. And they're so quick to the defense and they're so aggressive in Zadina's direction. And I thought... You know what? I, I I try to be pretty level-headed in terms of uh, you understand where every team's coming from and it's all part of like fandom and rivalries. But this is one where I'm like, it would be sweet if he put this in on them. That would just be a dagger and it would be so funny to watch. Well, first off, I love getting chirped by Montreal fans because it's not like getting chirped by Toronto fans where I understand all of it. Because when Montreal fans do it, I only understand half of it. So it doesn't feel quite as insulting. Uh, and two, there is a moment in the third period there where a, a noted NHL scout uh, who shall remain nameless was chirping. Oh, I haven't heard who, who's got a very heavy Montreal bias was chirping. Oh, I haven't heard the name Zadina much. Literally a minute later. <laughs> Literally a minute later. Zadina scores the game winner. Not only. Oh, and not only okay this is where the petty side of me comes out and it and i have absolutely no ill will towards this fan base towards this team or towards the player that i'm about to dump on but i'm petty enough that it felt good yeah it wasn't just that zadina scored the goal it was that when montreal had a chance before it came back to their end it was yes caught kiniemi who had the puck and fanned on said puck that led to the turnover that brought detroit back down the ice you cannot have written it better you cannot have written it better. It, first of all, uh, Adam Ernie, new father, congratulations. Amazing pass out front. Yes. Wonderful. Play. First assist as a Red Wing. Yes. And one hell of a way to do it. In January. Uh, <laughs> we can say first assist of the year, and that sounds friendlier to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Zadina, right place, right time, as he's been tending to do more and more this year. His celebration. Zadina's got to be... The bet has to have the best sellies on this entire team. I've not seen him or any Red Wing more amped for a goal in years. In years. He knew what that goal meant. Oh, yeah. 
he knew what, exactly what that goal meant. I have an entire folder of gifts of just Zadina celebrating. And he has what, like five goals? Five goals, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, well, 20 goal pace over an 82 game season right now. Correct. 47 point pace over an 82 game season. And you have to assume he's only going to get better. He's only 20. If anyone's going to say, oh, Ryan, Brad, Evan, sample size, uh, to that I say, shut Suck up, nerd. my sample size. <laughs> Oh, speaking of that, uh, I saved the video of me and you talking on my new doorbell camera, and uh, I'll save that for some... Uh, I don't remember it, but okay. Yeah, it was something similar to what you just said. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a quote for the ages, eh? What you just said? Suck my, my, sa- suck my sample size or yeah. okay? B- both. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay has, has pre-existed, has existed for a long time. Yeah, I didn't come up with that one. If we clip evan saying okay and just spliced it i'm pretty sure we can get a whole episode of people not knowing evan's not here well you already told everyone i was leaving so (laughs) we have to do it well some of youtube doesn't know that but (laughs) now i've ruined it (laughs) no again they still see the audio guys right they see the audio (sighs) like neo jeez yeah well yeah moving on no movie talk somehow i ended oh fuck we lost terry still (laughs) (laughs) someone check in on terry please we're concerned Terry's like, oh, I've only had a podcast to listen to about this whole Zadina goal, but there's that stupid movie podcast. I've just got this image of him celebrating by himself. Now <laughs> trying to high five nobody. Uh, yeah, Zadina lost his damn mind on that goal. All every all of us lost our damn minds on that goal. Um, a the red number eleven got the Red Wings' eleventh win of the season, um, and I made a clip of it as I do. And it was 11 seconds long. And there was a bunch of some other 11s. And it was just the whole thing. And it was just that the prophecy has been fulfilled. Zadina has arrived. Finally, 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 we get that sweet moment of satisfaction. Because right now, for Red Wings fans and people who watched him closely, you all understand that Zadina's been playing pretty well this season. Um, By all rights, the Red Wings' best player over the past few weeks even, if not among their best players. But for the rest of the league... Who don't watch us closely, they're like, oh, where are the results? What's Zadina doing? Is he a bust? Was he worth that pick? Were you guys wrong in thinking that he was a steal? This, this, and that. And it was just frustrating because, like, you know they're wrong, but you still want something to show for it. And that was such a great way to highlight Zadina's arrival into this league. Now, can he slump? Can he have a disappointing latter half of the season? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sure. Is it all worth it for that one moment? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest goal of the year for the, for the Red Wings. Can we also over-exaggerate and get unreasonably excited by pointing out the fact that in Colorado's disastrous 16-17 season, which also happened to be Miko Rantanen's rookie season, he put up a very similar points per game? Really? I think so. I think it was – I might have the year wrong, but either way. Hey, Brad, who did uh, Colorado get in the draft at fourth overall after that terrible season? Uh, Kale McCarr. That was after that season, right? Yes. They fell three spots to fourth overall. Like Detroit will. Don't get your hopes up, people. And they got Kale McCarr. So after it happens, yeah, Lafreniere would have been nice, but Kale McCarr, everyone. Maybe maybe someone won't pick Lucas Raymond third overall. There's a lot of things that can happen here. Uh, Remember when we got Philip Sedin at six? If that's if, if We almost have renewed some of that excitement eh, from like draft day. It's petered off because we haven't been able to kind of dip into that cookie jar, but now it's here. Well, legitimately, because we were so stoked over the first four picks of that draft. And in the last, I'll even say week, 
Zadina gets that goal. Joe Valeno and Jared McIsaac win a gold medal with Team Canada, both playing very prominent roles. And Jonathan Bergeron um, got a bronze medal, had a decent tournament, and posted a highlight reel assist today. So they're all right back in the forefront. <laughs> okay. Uh, as is tradition for the last couple of weeks, I'm going to run a quick tankathon, sim the lottery. Oh, my God. No, no, no. <laughs> Given the teams that jumped, that's not the worst case scenario I've ever seen. Anaheim, New York. Edmund, or not Edmonton, Ottawa, and then Detroit. Would you take uh, Stutzla fourth? Yeah, Stutzla, Holtz. Drysdale, maybe. Drysdale, I'd all consider them. Lucas Raymond's my pick if anybody else goes third. Uh, right now, a lot of time to change that. I haven't really started doing my deep dives yet. We got posed a pretty interesting question today on Twitter, uh, and it was regarding... Um, uh, Eric Carlson. It was mm-hmm. Eisenman season or beer league chump tweeted at us and he got it from TSN 1040. And it was, if you got a phone call from the San Jose sharks right now offering you Eric Carlson for a late round pick, but you had to take all of his cap hit the rest of his contract, would you do it? Evan, you're thinking, I am thinking. Yeah. I had to think, I, I don't think it's a clear cut answer. And I, I could hear an argument both ways. I could see a lot of people immediately saying yes. And I don't think they're wrong for saying that, but I'm definitely on the fence with that one. My thinking is I think there are guys in this league that are worth the hurt later on in their contracts. It means if, if it means you can have them now for a run, um, get certain game breakers where there's not a lot of available talent to get that kind of production elsewhere. I think Eric Carlson fits that bill. I don't think Detroit would be able to be remotely as competitive as they would need to during his productive years before he starts to fall off. So that would be a no for me. But it's it sounds ridiculous to say no to a free Eric Carlson, but at eleven and a half million dollars for, you know, seven more years or however long it is, yeah. Why would an owner want to take on that much money when they're not gonna get much return on that in terms of dollars? Butts and seats and jersey sales would be the biggest selling point right now for a team like Detroit who on the ice couldn't really take advantage of the fact how many years is his contract left seven i believe times 11 11 and a half yeah so they have to sell almost 80 million dollars worth of jerseys and seats yeah what's a jersey cost like 20 million dollars oh, feels like it sometimes Just about by the way do you guys like my sweater jersey you already asked us that and i said no yeah i said <laughs> i had a onesie uh which first of all you have to wear on the show now that we're doing youtube uh, yeah, maybe one day. Yeah, you'll have, like, legitimately everyone is... Actually, we should all be wearing onesies. Yeah, but then I have to leave after in a onesie in, de- just, in Kitchener. Just change. Also, you'd fit right in. It's Kitchener. That's true. There's some unsavory-looking folk. Yeah. Um, my new favorite TV show is just looking at any random 30-minute clip off my ring doorbell. <laughs> I mean, my un uh, unbranded doorbell. No free ads. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, Art Carlson, would you do it? Um, if you had posed this question to me in September, I would have said yes, mm-hmm. because you, like you so eloquently put, you don't turn down a free Carlson. Yeah. Um, the biggest reason I say no, because obviously the seller cap is going to go up with all the new money that's coming in. So I'm actually not as concerned about his cap hit as others. He's having what is considered a very down year by his standards, and he's still one of the better offensive defensemen in the NHL, which is says all I need to know about Eric Carlson. But the biggest reason I say no to a free Eric Carlson is because of the coming out 
parties that has been going on in the right side of Detroit's blue line with Philip Heronik establishing himself as a top four right-handed shooting defenseman and Moritz Sider uh, blowing us all away this year with how good he's been. So that is probably the right side of the Red Wings top four for the next how the hell ever long. Now, if Carlson, not that Carlson can't play left side, but if he was lefty, I probably would consider it then because he'd be the perfect mentor for both of them. So I would happily eat the cap hit to get a premium asset like that for seven years because Detroit will be competitive or at least better be competitive at some point in that window. Oh, for sure. And obviously bringing in Eric Carlson does move that timeline up because he's Eric Carlson. But yeah, because he's a righty, because the right side of Detroit's uh, system is looking so strong right now without even mentioning uh, Tuomisto or Lindstrom, et cetera, et cetera. It's, I just, I don't see the need. Not that Sider or Hronik will be Eric Carlson. They obviously will not, but their max contracts will probably come in less than like 70 or 60% of what his contract is. It's just a little fun little Look at fun. us. Turning down Eric Carlson. <laughs> what a chump. Someone, some fan who hates us is going to like tune into this episode and clip this part. Be like, look at these idiots. Fan of, fans of this crappy team. And they're so disillusioned that they're talking about how they wouldn't take Eric Carlson. Now, if you offered me a free, any left-handed shooting defenseman of his similar skill set, I would take him right now. Uh, because the left side of Detroit's defense going Brent forward Burns is bad. Nope. Never Mark mind. Edward Vlasic would be your option there. Really? And he's not nearly as good as the other two. With the season he's having, I'm not sure you want that. Yet. No, you definitely do not. This is like the definition of like uh, pointy elbows, two out of ten would not bang. <laughs> like yeah. we we are all aware that this is just the precursor to the conversation that we're gonna have from I'm gonna say roughly early April to July first about how much and how long would you pay Tori Krug? I thought there was an extension rumored. Was that all just baloney? Apparently. Huh. What, who, what do you know these just days? Just be ready for that conversation. Um, speaking of the Red Wings, we're almost at trade season. We're almost talking trade deadline. And uh, that means we are talking which of the Red Wings are available for sale. Uh, Elliot Friedman, uh, in his 31 Thoughts post, uh, mentioned that uh, or it might have been someone in the league, like a scout, said pretty much anyone's for sale in Detroit for the right price. But because it's a down year and because big blockbuster trades uh, or trades the deadline in general tend to decline over time, uh, we might not see too much movement from Detroit's end. But you never know. Steve Eisman is averaging like a trade every six hours, so... <laughs> Or at least relative to Ken Holland. Uh, the two biggest pieces that were listed in Craig Custance's um, trade bait board on The Athletic were, uh, or trade big board, were uh, Andres Athanasiu, who came in at 22. And I want to talk about that for a quick second. That's really disappointing if you're a Red Wings fan. And that's disappointing whether you're in the pro Athanasiu staying camp or the pro Athanasiu trade camp. Both camps needed him to have a good year. Yeah, 100%. Um, he's obviously not had the season that he's needed to, uh, to warrant an easy decision on whether he's going to stay and for how much money. And he's not had a good enough season to even warrant getting anywhere close to his value. If this was last year, we'd be having the same conversation about Mantha, but it would be inverse for Athanasiu. Last year, Mantha's perceived value was much lower than his actual value. This year, before Mantha decided to get injured multiple times, uh, he was lighting the world on fire. And that pers- or that actual value that we all knew him to have was finally realized. But Athanasiu has dropped off, and he's not playing to his full ability. And it's like, 
In your contract year, man, you couldn't have thrown us a bone or yourself. So his value is way down. So the, it begs the question. If someone comes knocking and they offer a second and a fifth round pick for Athanasiu, do you do it? Absolutely not. Athanasiu is not getting traded in season this season unless something dramatic happens. And I'll probably, I'll see if I can get you to tell tell me why. If you are Steve Eiserman, are you accepting the trade value for Andreas Athanasiu of a player who's on pace to score less than 10 goals this season? No. If you're the GM of another team, of a contender approaching the Red Wings, are you going to pay the price of a 30-goal score for a guy who's on pace to score less than 10 goals this year? No. So how does a good trade end there? Because if I'm the Red Wings, if I don't get the price of a 30-goal score, I'm not happy. And if I'm the other team, if I get the price of a 30-goal score, I'm staying the hell away. So this is the type of player. He's young enough. Uh, he's coming up for a contract. He's got enough of a skill set. You don't accept a middle ground on value for him. You don't say, okay, let's just say he uh, perks back up to like an 18 to 20 goal pace. I'm not accepting that value for him. What about Calgary? What about Pittsburgh? What about Edmonton? All looking for right wingers, right? A hundred percent. And again, as I just mentioned, are their GMs going to pay <laughs> a 30 <laughs> goal score? Yeah, Pittsburgh's not. A 30 goal price. But Pittsburgh, out of all those teams, probably doesn't have anything I would like Eiserman would want for Athens to see you. Would you take a 2021 first round pick from anyone? Give me a team. Calgary. No, because that's probably going to be low 20s. Would it? Either, it could be. I'm not taking the risk that it's. I don't know. I, I think there would be a team that would overpay for him, depending where they would slot him in in the in the lineup if you put him with mcdavid he's going to score 30 goals with his eyes closed oh my god if and if he's gonna fill in on the third line then i don't see a trade working out unless it's a massive overpay or we just totally give up on him well thankfully edmonton's gm's never had any like contract holdouts or anything with him so <laughs> well what's to say that eisman wants to bring back athena see you true um, because here's the biggest value Athanasiu brings to the Detroit Red Wings right now. And it's the one thing I don't see talked about at all. He is having an absolutely atrocious year in a contract year. That is bad for the player because it likely means his next contract is going to be a lot cheaper than it otherwise would be. Is he not worth throwing a contract out to and hoping that he gets even close to what he used to be? Is he going to take another bridge, though, Athanasio? Do you? Okay, here's the question. Would you give him a bridge? Yeah. I would. I mean, we've seen him put up. This is his first truly awful year. Once Splashell started deploying him regularly, his numbers just kept going up and up and up. For two years before his 30-goal season, all the per-60 numbers were spectacular for him. This season is the anomaly, not the norm. You could bet on the last three years, give him like a five to six year deal at probably not very much, four to six million dollars. Oh, if it's under five, I would do it. 100%. Yeah. And at his current pace, he's going to have a hard time making an argument to pay him more than that with any term. If it's under five million dollars and it doesn't take him past the age of 30, I'm happy to bring him on. Yeah. So th- that's my point. This is where if from an asset management standpoint. 
this is where Athanasiu would would and could bring the most benefit to the Red Wings right now is not to trade him because you're not going to get anything of value. It's not to give him a bridge because if he does pop off again, congratulations, you've just upped his cap hit probably by $3 million. And then when you have to extend him, he's what, 27, 28? How long are you going to extend him for at that point? He's 25 years old. I don't think he wants a bridge at this point. We're living in a world where Tyler Bertuzzi is going to get paid more than Andreas Athanasiu. Likely, and that will probably be a mistake, if we're being honest. Uh, It depends on the pay. Athanasiu can drive a line. Bertuzzi can't. That's the reality. Yeah, I think if you're looking at assets, Athanasiu is best served on this team. Because, like Brad said, his contract will be team-friendly. And if we trade him, we're not... I, I don't see where we get... Either team gets the value out of him that they think he should. They should get. Yeah. So at this point, I would imagine he stays put unless some absolute crazy deal comes across the, the if, phone. If a team comes up and says, we will pay you the price of 2018 19 Andreas Athens, there's absolutely a deal to be made there. Yeah. Um, and there's very much teams that, that could make those kinds of phone calls now there's been quotes and rumors going around that athena cu is in air quotation steve eisenman's cup of tea so he probably just want he doesn't see him as part of the future which fine we don't eisenman's a lockbox i don't know how anybody would know that but let's assume it's true even if you're in that boat do you know what you do you re-sign him because if athena cu pops off next year on a bridge contract or a one-year deal or whatever his trade values back up you trade him then instead of trading him now the no matter what side of the camp you're on trade him or sign him long term it probably makes more sense to at least get him back next year or pray to god his last two months of the season are just outstanding and you get some premium at the draft oliver shellington no oliver shellington in a second no really Andreas Athensiu has the ability to be an impact player. I Odds are a second-round pick is not an impact player, and Oliver Shillington is not an impact player. A fine player, yes, but he will not get close to the imp- impacting a game like Athensiu does. I think we all forget how good this player can be when he's on. This is the anomaly year. I have this awful feeling if he went, he would go to another team and just light the world on fire simply because our coach is a, a potato. <laughs> he looks like one. He is one. I just have this awful feeling that that's exactly what would happen and we would forever curse curse that trade. Oh, he's going to go to Edmonton and McDavid. He's going to play in McDavid's wing. And I know I know it's the extreme example, but imagine Athens U playing in a free-flowing system like John Cooper's in Tampa Bay. No, Tampa doesn't get any more trades. I don't see how they're they going to do it again. Yes, hundred percent, they'll do it again. It's I just it. I don't see a good reason to trade Athens to you in season this season right now. I have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to make this work, so that's why I assume it won't. It yeah, shouldn't. we we we're, we're having to go down a long path before we get to anything reasonable, and it's just as simple. Usually, as it's when someone's a trade bait. They're like they're having a good year. They fill a, a positional need for a lot of teams. End of sentence. So it's determined that it's pretty unlikely that he would be traded because there's. it's pretty unlikely that the Red Wings would get a good trade out of it right now. So I am not turning off my 3, 3 a.m. alarm. Until so he's I'm getting traded. traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In the dead of the night. Okay, so we'll use Edmonton as an example because I always, if you know if this trade is going to work for Detroit or not, you go from the other GM's perspective. So you're the team trading. So if you're Kenny Holland in Edmonton right now, Steve Eisman calls you up. Athens, you has to go by the deadline, but I'm not letting him go cheap. 
you're giving me your first round pick and Caleb Jones. If you're Ken Holland, do you do it? Yeah. Oh, if I'm Ken Holland, first round pick, which is probably going to be mid to late teens and one of your B level defensive prospects. No, if I'm Ken, Ken Holland, I don't. And if I'm and if I'm as a and myself as a Red Wings fan, if we get less than that from Edmonton, I'm upset. I think it's a bad trade. Yeah, it's once again, I I don't think the teams in that 15 to 20 range want to pay their first round pick. But then we get into the the 20 to 31 and we don't want that pick. Yeah. So where's the middle ground, really? Yeah. It, it it might come down to a last minute injury and a team has to overpay. Or nothing's going to happen. Or another team who is big game hunting whiffs at the last minute, and then this is yeah. the backup. That's how the Red Wings have Joe Valeno right now. Or there's a trade at the draft. Could happen. Sure. Could happen. That would be fantastic because we will be there. And oh boy. That would oh be fun. boy. Um, Mika will be devastated. Yes, she would be. Uh, Mike Green was listed. I If Mike Green was sold for literally anything, I'd be happy at this point. I'd be thrilled with a fifth round pick. Um, I, he's, again, like a lot of other Red Wings, not had a good year. Uh, I don't think he has the value that he's had in years past, quite obviously. If he was able to garner anything north of a fifth round pick, I think that'd be phenomenal. I can't even imagine Mike Green having the intensity to play in a playoff game. In his, uh, oh, well, if they shelter him, right? Like if he's not, if he's be basically being played on the power play. And, and your like, number six defenseman. Yeah. I think that's a great way to deploy Mike Green. And his no trade clause expires. Um uh, January 31st. So as of February 1st, he has no no trade clause. Oh, 10 team no trade list as of February 1st. You're the worst place team in the league on a historic bad year. You'd probably remove that, I would assume. Yeah, but here's where the thing that's uh, the unhockey part of hockey comes in because Mike Green's got two kids, one of whom uh, is actually sick right now in the hospital with, uh, I forget the name of the condition, and it's a newborn. I if I'm him, I'm not leaving the city of Detroit. I want to be as close to that hospital as long as I can. Yeah, that's uh, the family thing is going to get in the way on that one. Yeah, so his sure. his ten team no trade list will literally just be the ten most likely teams to trade for him. Um, and I would love to say no one's going to offer anything for Mike Green, but last year uh, Columbus offered a seventh for Nick Cronwall, who again love Nick, Red Wings legend for sure, was not worth trading for. But for any team to play defense in the National Hockey League last year, so everybody's, anyone's everybody's on the board. Everybody's on the board. Truly. I, I think right now, if we assume Athanasiu doesn't get traded, out of all the Red Wings who could realistically be on the trade block, the two most valuable pieces they have in terms of what they'd get in a return are honestly Darren Helm and Luke Glendening. That's yep. that's where they're at. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> Come on down. So I, I think both of them could get a third to a fourth round pick. Somehow every year between 2013 and now, and also none of those years, we're just in the twilight zone as fans. We're going to look back to the time where we talked about Mike Green getting a fifth round pick being something to look forward to, and we're going to laugh. We're in Toronto's dark years right now. Yeah. So no, Toronto had valuable trade pieces then. Well, we do not. Uh, moving on. Uh, some coaching movement. Uh, Laviolette got fired in... Nashville and a day later, uh, John Hines was hired. So Mike Babcock in a league where Mike Babcock got fired and John Hines got fired. Hines got a job first. Because, and Peter DeBoer. And Peter DeBoer is on the market. 
The NHL coaching circle is an infinite loop of mediocrity. I think John Hines is definitely a candidate for a guy who can find success in a different system. I don't think he would ever want to write him off, but at the same time, he is like... Small sample size. (laughs) Yeah. Small sample size. He is like however many weeks removed from a terrible, terrible New Jersey team that really shouldn't be that bad. So I don't know if I would have been so eager to hire him. He has some connections to the team and in the administration there, but... I don't know. Good workout. Players have a way of galvanizing under new coaches. Toronto's been like the best Boston team in the league. Boston them the first game. Did they? Yeah. Mm, well, there's that. Yeah. Nashville. Well, you know. Boston's, Boston's done that to a few teams. Yeah, so, to be fair. Not us. We beat them and we ruined their Twitter. <laughs> or uh, their Reddit. Their subreddit. Uh, the Red Wings have beat Montreal three times this year. 27% of the Red Wings wins this year have been against the Canadians. Can you imagine losing three times to the 2019-2020 Detroit Red Wings? Oh. Could not be me. I, out of morbid curiosity after that game, went to the Montreal Canadiens subreddit, the game day thread. <laughs> and... Boy, they sure think, seem to think they have a better chance of getting Lafreniere now than we do because it's in Mon- the drafts in Montreal. If the Red Wings win Laf- Lafreniere on front of Montreal, fans, that's the cherry on top. We might have to uh, duck out of the arena. <laughs> oh, buddy, I'm going to be wearing three Red Wings jerseys: one on my upper body and one on each leg. <laughs> that's the onesie that Evan was talking about. <laughs> I'll just yeah. sew them all into a onesie uh speaking of horrific outfits uh what do you guys think of the all-star jerseys they are practice jerseys is the most polite thing i can say about them the worst part about these jerseys is they had people who make probably two commas worth of salary all in a room together brainstorming ideas approving and denying ideas and this is what we got that's what they came up with. this is the best thing they thought of or they were like, oh, shoot, the All-Star game soon. We need jerseys. First idea wins, and that was it for the day. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I honestly never care about jerseys. I, I'm i always just like, okay, except for the Buffalo ones. Those were unreal. Mm-hmm. This is awful. Have you seen some of the colors yeah. used as some of the logos? And it, that's a weird choice, right? Like pick- Some of them look decent. Some of the colors, like the Red Wings one, it's the normal red. For example, the Predator's yellow looks like peeing in, a, in snow. It looks like I just had 12 vitamins and took a pee. That's how brightly yellow it is. The 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 Predator's one looks like if you dump snow on a bike rack and peed on it. It's awful. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. In a year and a half when these go on sale for 40, 40 bucks, yeah. I might get the black one. I might get the black one just as like a niche item last year i i felt iffy on the all-star jerseys and i regret not getting a howard one um i also felt iffy on the centennial God, jerseys. We're one year removed from all-star jimmy <laughs> sure are uh and then when the centennial jerseys came out i hated them at first and now i'm like i really should have grabbed one but these ones i think are actually genuinely bad i think they're not good jerseys. and of course because i'm a dummy i went on twitter to see what people were thinking of each of their team's jerseys when the teams announced them so a lot of people were liking their team's jerseys. I was like, am, am I am I just wrong? No. No. It's the no. kids. No, it's the it's the bots that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I like I can see being okay with one of the two. I think for a Detroit lens, ours is okay. Yeah. If I was 
a Predators fan? Oh my god, they're awful. Yeah, why are some regular color and others not? If you're going with that neon theme, you have to neon all of them or none of them. Yeah, if it works out where your color scheme leaves some logos looking horrendously weird I, and some logos like literally untouched, you can't pick that. Like scheme. I think Tampa's was normal as well. I think Boston, the bot. I think it's the yellows. The Boston yellow was bad. Was vitamin P. I did not dive into these too deep. What did Pittsburgh look like that would uh, similar to Boston's? I believe. I. You there was I, one. I only had so much effort. What was one? There was one that just like glowed. Was that San Jose's? Mm. I want to say it was like a blue. I think Edmonton's was, like, was bad. Well, it might but I can't been. remember. I can't remember. Uh, some of these are, yeah. Oh, Winnipeg. It was Winnipeg. It, it, the all bright blue. Yeah. But then there's a normal blue, like St. Louis's. The Blackhawks are pretty sweet. The Wild are pretty sweet with the, the either the black or the yeah, green. Yeah, there are some good ones. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my, oh my God, my eyes. What happened? You know what? The Red Wings. Oh my white, God! Look at Anaheim's. The Red Wings white ones are like pretty reminiscent of the Centennial jersey. Where's that, Anaheim's? That's the first thing I thought as well. Yeah, like, Anaheim's. Anaheim's is somehow worse than Anaheim's actual jerseys, which is hard to do. These are bad. This is just Adidas trying to be edgy and hip. You know, they're I, trying something new. I honestly think if Adidas went to aesthetics. And said, "Hey, we'll sponsor competition, collect entry, collect fan entries. We would get unreal jerseys every year." This is yeah. what I I suggested to my friend group when we were dumping all over these jerseys. I said, "Why? Why? Who cares about these jerseys? Why don't we just run a, a contest where kids submit the entries, and they draw a bunch of team logos, and they pick a winner for each team." Those are the jerseys they make. They fly those ki- the kids and their families out to the NHL All-Star game, and we're done. Yeah. And, and they sell them. Somebody would buy those. 100%. I'd buy them. Imagine the Detroit Red Wings logo drawn by a six-year-old <laughs> on a jersey that you could buy. I'd probably buy it, and I'll buy anything. And that's how the Grand Rapids Griffins ended up with Jurassic Park jerseys. Okay, Grand Rapids has amazing <laughs> special edition jerseys. Oh, I want the Jurassic Park jersey. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Um, the We didn't talk about the Red Wings upcoming schedule. They have uh, Ottawa Friday night and then Sunday they have uh, Buffalo in the early evening, late afternoon. Ooh, a couple of toilet bowls. Yeah, so two toilet bowls in a row uh, and then we'll catch you guys after that. Um, some other new... Oh, you guys saw that McDavid goal. Yes. Yes. I, like, I don't think Morgan Riley has yet. Morgan. <laughs> He's still pivoting. <laughs> Morgan Riley. I've, I'm a defenseman. And if you play defense in hockey, you've been walked before by a player. That's just way too good for you. It ha- it's happens to, happened to literally everyone who's not Nicholas Lidstrom. He's the only person in the world who hasn't been walked like that. Uh, watching Morgan Riley go back to the, uh, the bench and yell, fuck, was like you, you just felt that pain on like a visceral level. We are Morgan Riley. Oh, true. We're Riley Strong. Yeah. <laughs> this is what this is what it would look like with our all-star idea of just throwing average Joe's in there. Morgan Riley just experienced it. It's like the one-on-one contest. There's a they, the defenseman is an ankle biter from the fourth row. Yeah. You know what? The most impressive part about that move is that he makes Morgan Riley look like a terrible skater. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, an exceptional skater and when i saw that i was like wow yeah i never really react and that one was a wow all the talk about how unreal that goal was about the fact that mcdavid was looking back the entire time and all i can think of is he just blew by morgan riley 20 feet from the net with three steps mm-hmm. like that that's that shouldn't be physically possible 
His feet are so fast, and his acceleration is so quick. He juked me. Like, he made that move, and I moved. I was watching on my phone. I was like, oh, at the washer, in the washer. Oh, he's behind me. Yeah. Poor Morgan Riley is going to be on McDavid's career highlight reel. Like, forever. He's going to be seeing himself every year. Yeah, without really knowing his highlight reels off the top of my head, that's probably close to top five i would think yeah that move is disgu- was disgusting he'll finish his career and it'll be like you know top 20 yeah, like but, f- it'll top 50. but because it's toronto because it's riley it's gonna say and he laughed after you could see him laughing afterwards what he, have, he what knows what he do yeah even I, he I would thought. laugh too a bit what do you want what do you want from me <laughs> that play was the definition of what are you even supposed to do who what are you even supposed to do and how could you reasonably criticize anyone in the league for not defending that? That's just an acceptable goal at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that's what happens. The the hockey equivalent of getting posterized. Yeah. And the finish too. Like the finish wasn't nothing. No, it looks like a nothing move because it's just a quick stick handle and a foot, but no, you people who don't actually Whoa, play you hockey, people. What do you mean? You people, Yo, people. Oh, have hey. to understand. Jeez. That that little cutback as you're moving away and then just that little flick to get it. That is hard. That is yeah. not something 99% of the population can pull off, let alone at Connor McDavid speeds. I love when there's something where we can both pile on Brad. Me too. It's fun. <laughs> he doesn't know how to react. <laughs> oh, no. I just ignore it now. Uh, that's the perks of being a father. You learn how to do that. Oh, everything's just white noise to me. Uh, I was going through uh, episodes today. I was doing some work on the podcast and I was accidentally clicking on each episode. So I would like pick a random point and start playing um, during my lunch hour at work. And then three of the five, one of us was ridiculing you for having children. <laughs> okay. That's uh, actually kind of low. That'd uh, be a lot higher. No, it's a, a little. Well, I only clicked on five. It's been right? Christmas lately, so there's a very high chance yeah. that that was happening. I think one of my heart was like, hi, I'm Ryan. And I have no children. I was like, Jesus. I think that was the episode Brad wasn't here. Okay. Do we want to uh, talk about anything else before we head over to um, overtime, our favorite. Um, Kadri's can throw oh, haymakers. That's all I got. God. I don't know. Who is it that he beat up? Ryan Lindgren. Yeah, he beat the hell out of him. He definitely dropped him a little fast, but he, that guy, he, Lindgren laid a, a hard high hit, and he, well, he, he did get his gloves off eventually, but I don't think he had a chance to, he blinked, and then he was, Done. Got to protect yourself. Kadri is just a No game. jabs. No jab Kadri. No, legit. Everything was a haymaker. Every one of those punches, he was trying to make a one punch. He was going from like 3 o'clock to 12 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Every single punch. Yeah. Love it. Guy you love to have on your team. And, uh, well, unless you're in the playoffs and you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. He doesn't even show we're going to head over to Overtime. Uh, overtime in this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Motor City Garages. They are a family-owned and operated uh, business servicing Metro Detroit. They do everything from garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage, filling your opponent's nets and car lifts. Enough of the messy garages everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and a lifetime warranty. Motor City Garages park in style uh we are going to head over to patreon because this is a midweek episode and their comments are the ones that get read out on air um as our way of saying thanks for supporting the show midweeks are patreon exclusive Ooh, 26 of you today you guys are keen after that whole zadina Uh, again another demonstration of uh 
this whole thing is better when Red Wings fans are happy. People are happier and they start to engage more. Kwaz says, "Sup dudes, free content." Kwaz says, "Sup dudes, how about filling the Canadians nets with pucks? Uh, net with pucks. I loved it." Side note: I went to the Cotton Bowl in Arlington, Texas, over Christmas. That stadium is such a microcosm of Texas. It's hilarious. Not even kidding. Uh, it's roughly the height of a twenty to twenty-five story office building. It's absolutely gigantic, and it has a lid. Uh, do you guys think Zadina has earned a spot on the Red Wings to stay? Yes. yes. Long answer, yes. Uh, Everett Johnson says, if you guys are in, if you guys are Zadina, I am Annette, and Pucks are a story that involves Evan and Steve Ott, please fill me in. He wants to know your Steve Ott story, because I don't think he would, uh, heard it way back in the day. Oh, it was something for the Bell Let's Talk, and yeah. I said I'd buy a Steve Ott jersey if something happened and if, then i think it was re- just a donation amount yeah retweets or likes or something and then he retweeted it and then followed me and then uh that was cool and then he messaged me when he was on the red wings and uh <laughs> now that i'm remembering the story it's hilarious <laughs> i want to say you've been a podcast host for near on five years now and that's how you're gonna deliver that story <laughs> and then uh yeah he messaged me saying if i wanted to come down to the game i was like well yeah obviously for sure i was like so yeah he's like pick a game let me know um so there was a game against chicago i think on a friday night I said, I'd love to go to that game if that's possible. I said, yeah, I'll leave tickets for you. I was like, great, thank you so much. And then he messaged me later. He's like, do you want to come down to the room after the game? I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I said yes. I was like, that would be like a dream come true. Oh, what happens like a week later? Like two minutes before the trade deadline, Steve Ock gets traded. So I was like, oh, well, that's probably not not great. For a six-round pick. Yeah, for like a cup of coffee so should look up. i was like oh well, i wonder if like, i still have tickets because I, I don't know what you would do in that situation so i i called the box office and i was like this might sound like a really weird story and i gave them the the sparks note version of it and they're like one sec and they checked they're like oh yeah team policy is as soon as anyone's traded uh, all their tickets go back into like the team pool for players i was God like nice. It's like, all right, I guess I'll just go cry in the shower. Yeah. Well, you know what? That was your fault for picking something after the trade deadline. Who would have thought, no offense to Steve Up, that we would trade him or get anyone to trade for him at the trade deadline? That's should, why I'm ne- never say never with any of our players. Yeah. We should go look at whatever whoever the Red Wings picked with that pick just so that could be Evan's most hated player in the organization. Well, you'll DM them and say, hey. I can find out if... Y- uh, you, you owe me, me. tickets. Uh, Arjun Shanker says, Adina scoring goals is the only good part of the season. Imagine he was playing quality minutes on the line with linemates who could consistently get him the puck. That'd be ridiculous, Arjun. Don't be silly. He's on a 47-point pace playing with like Darren Helm, Adam Ernie, and Val Philpola and Franz Nielsen for a bulk of the year <laughs> matt cheney says so after the zadina uh hey dub dub so after the zadina go ahead goal i realized both my love and hate for the red wings at the same time zadina goal is easily one of the best moments of the year and it gets me so excited for the future of the wings problem is however that i've had no faith in the red wings and after the second montreal goal i turned the game off to do homework so i missed it <laughs> anyways larkin is on pace for 52 points i can't help to think he's underperforming i know it's a down year for the wings understatement of the new decade but i can't tell if larkin is underperforming or if this is just who he is i'd like to know your thoughts thanks for the great content as always boys i'm a better fan because of you guys 
Um, I think last year, maybe that was a little bit of an overachievement, but he's definitely better than a 52 point player. Yeah. I I think it's a little bit of everything here. Um, I think Larkin is probably doing that thing where he's playing with some lingering injury again. Uh, you won't have to scrub hard, uh, too far in the video to find Larkin wincing on the bench. Um, I think he's taking a lot more of a defensive role this year. And for a team that's on defense so much, that's going to drag down offensive numbers quite a bit. And thirdly, I do think he's underperforming. I don't think he's, um, especially considering the hot start he had, I don't think he's been doing what he's needed to do. You consider the fact that he's playing with Bertuzzi and then, you know, whatever guy instead of Mantha who's been hurt, that's going to be a problem for him. But um, Larkin's going to want more. You're, and the team's going to want more out of Larkin. Um, I do think there's a chance he's also a streaky player or he's prone to these little flashes. But I would bet that he probably comes back and levels out between what we saw last year and what we're getting now. I found it. Who is it? So we traded to Montreal, right? Yeah. yeah. And we got a six-round a six pick. Victor Bratstrom. Oh, yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, you're never getting you're never getting those tickets. Yeah, he's, not unless he's, I want to go and watch Timra IK in the fun. Swedish Elite League. Oh, that should be dope. Any Timra fans listening? Yeah, <laughs> Victor, if you're listening, you owe Evan a plane ticket and some tickets. <laughs> Connor Leighton says, "Hey, fellas, first time Patreon supporter. Have been listening for a couple months now from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, home to the shores of Lake Superior. Some great college hockey." Go Cats, and the first outdoor NHL hockey game. And name-level sponsor, Connor. Thank you so much, man, and welcome to the Dub Dub family. Thank you for your support. Uh, the Marquette Prison Pirates versus the Red Wings. Got to look it up. That was the first ever NHL outdoor hockey game. Uh, some great stuff. Anyways, my question with 38 or so games left, would you take the over or under on Zadina scoring 15 goals? Keep up the great stuff. Go Wings, go Cats, and go Pack, go. Oh, Connor, I'm so sorry, man. 15 <laughs> goals this season with 40 games left? To get to 20. Oh, to get to 20? Oh, yeah. I'll take the under on that. I was going to say 15 total. He's like right on that pace right now. Oh, no. He said, yeah, yeah. With 38 or so games left, would you take the over-under on Zadina scoring 15 goals? If it's to get to 15, I'll take the cautious over. If it's to get to 20, I'll take the under. Yeah, I think he's going to finish around 15. Yeah. I, something would have to happen for him to get the, to the 20 mark, and that would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, now that he's getting a little more minutes lately, he's on the first power play unit. His opportunity is up. So if I had to get, and given there's no way the Red Wings can be this bad the rest of the way out, uh, yeah, I would take that his production goes slightly up towards the end of the season. Slightly Joseph Delia says, sup, my dudes. The prophecy is fulfilled. Baby Z scoring that has to be the highlight of the season. Combined, uh, Combining this year and last year's draft, could you guys do a top five or ten just to compare to how good this draft is with last year's? Ooh. Sorry, what? Do you what? Mean? Yeah, he means combine this year's draft with last year's, or do you mean like, like who are the top five prospects we picked from those drafts? Like just Red Wings? Could you or guys, if you put the first 10 in, or, I guess, 20 players in a pool, who would be the top five? Pick the top five out of uh, 2019 draft in this upcoming 2020 draft. Oh, God. That's hard to do. I don't know. Uh, I'm still not fully sure what the question means. Okay, so I'm going to pull up the 2019 NHL draft. Yeah, I remember and, it well. And we're going to pick the top five players out of that draft in this upcoming draft. Oh, God, that is so early for this upcoming draft. These are like, 
that's going to be like we're going to get some quotes here where people are going to bring up three years from now and it's just going to bite us yeah uh, okay so top five are gonna is going to include hughes caco lafreniere um byfield and you pick one of god i can't not put bowen byram in there I, that was what i was thinking but Lucas Raymond might make a challenge there. Raymond will make a case. Stutzler will make a case. Holtz will make a case. Man, even from last year's draft, uh, Doc will make a case. Turcotte will make a case. Cider will make a case. Zegris will make a case. I think I'm going to stick with Byram, though. Uh, he goes on to ask. Drysdale might even make a case. I know. Drysdale might be the dark horse. Drysdale might be the Makar Heiskanen of this year. And five years from now, we could be looking at this and going... <laughs> Askarov was the best of all of them. Yeah. If he turns out to be the true elite franchise goalie that many think he will be. If he's if he does legitimately turn into Carey Price, which people think he might, he might be number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, he goes on to ask about Craig's article. Do we think they'll tear down the small core we have already? I think this team, the, the competitive version of this team is not going to look like what it does now. In a lot of ways, the fillers are almost all going to be replaced and some of the core might be different as well. Okay, so out of players who are actually on the Red Wings right now, Larkin, Mantha, Zadina, Hironic, everybody else is expendable. Uh, Josh Turrell says, would you guys be in favor of trying to work out a deal for Ole Yolevi? What would, what would a possible deal look like? Love the pod. Had to join to replace the hole left by Terry. <laughs> Thanks, guys. There, There's a guy I have not heard a single thing about since he was drafted. Yo, Levy is the Athanasiu situation just earlier. Uh, Vancouver won't give him up based on how low his perceived value is right now. Uh, there's been reports. I don't follow Vancouver super closely, but I have read some things that it does look like he's turning it around. So I don't see a reason why Vancouver wouldn't just at least hold out hope for another year um before they offload him for whatever second or third round pick but yeah i I'd, I'd take a flyer if i was detroit at his objective value right now but there's no way vancouver gives him up for that uh garrett tv says hockey amigos no question but a funny story i recently went to germany over the holidays landed on christmas morning and flew wearing my wings hat while doing my business in a urinal in a tiny two-person bathroom at the airport in frankfurt a german guy looks uh uh, next to me looks over and says, Detroit, more at cider, yeah? And gives me a huge uh, thumbs up with his uh, offhand <laughs> while looking completely deadpan. It was as if he both loved hockey and also wanted to murder me at the same time. It was interesting, but given that I wasn't that far from Mannheim, I suppose not a crazy shock. But someone giving you the thumbs up while literally shoulder to shoulder at urinals in a bathroom the size of a shoebox after an eight-hour red eye was not exactly how I guess I'd be spending my Christmas morning. Uh, reminds me of Joe Louis Arena, honestly, the shoulder to shoulder at a at well, the trough. trough. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Germans apparently love them some most cider, even if they express it uh, long, <laughs> like Hans Gruber. Keep your sticks on the ice, boys, and your eyes looking forward in the Frankfurt Airport bathrooms. You might just net a game winner. Let's go, Red Wings. Ever the sto- storyteller, Garrett. Uh, and we go into the void. It says, hi, I've been listening since day one. No lie. A day one listener. Every time I hear that, thank you. And why? Bless your soul. <laughs> Uh, I never oh, really. I'm sorry. <laughs> I never really interacted till I became a patron around the holidays. Keep up the great work. 
much appreciated. Thank you for your longtime support and now becoming a patron. Uh, what's the best method for judging talent coming into the NHL? I know it seems like an impossible question. If you could answer it, you'd probably be working for a team. How can you truly tell who will be great, good, serviceable? Some will stick out like McDavid or Crosby. Others look great, but never pan out to the star people thought they might be. Would a more intense combine help? Let me know your thoughts. Also, P.S. Next Patreon goal. Evan has to eat a pineapple covered in maple syrup. That is disgusting. Wearing his onesie. He will get diabetes. Well, something's got to kill him. He's cut from marble. I'm so tired of this guy. Okay, so here's my two basic rules of them. When I'm scouting, scouting, high-end prospects that I think should go in the top five of the draft, what I look for is can they do things other players can't? Do they see things other players can't? I know that sounds overly simplistic, but Lafreniere at the World Juniors is a good example. Some of the paths he found through opponents and some of the plays he was able to execute, you just know watching that other players can't do that. For players further down in the draft, you look for skills that, okay, if I'm picking a guy 12th overall, what is the tool in his toolbox that is going to make him a long-time valuable NHLer? Is it his hockey IQ, his skating, his shot, uh, little things like that. Like if you're looking at a Cole Caulfield and you're picking him, you know, wherever, okay, it's his shot. His shot will get him into the NHL. So that's the kind of stuff you're looking for there. Now, obviously their secondary skill set is how you're going to rank them. So if you if they've got that tool and you're like, that could make them a star, how's the rest of their game? Then you start stacking them up against each other. Uh, and, and to go off of what Brad said, another little trick is that um, the easier players to predict are often the, like, the superstars. And I know it's a simple thing to say, but right now I would bet a lot of money that Alexi Lafreniere pans out pretty well into this league. And you can tell when someone's on the ice and they just seem to be on a different level. It looks like they're playing at a different speed. They're thinking quicker than everyone else. And they're doing things that are just befuddling their everyone around them. That type of dominance is exactly how you predict the superstars. With lower level players, you know, later first round, second, third round picks, that's more difficult to do because that needs more extended uh, time scouting, uh, testing them on how they play in different situations against different skill levels, against different strengths and experience, uh, and also how they pick up some of the nuances of the game. Uh, there's things NHL players know that, you know, Alexi Lafreniere couldn't do right now because he hasn't been taught by an NHL level team yet, and he hasn't been able to do it in an NHL level game. He'll learn them. He'll soon be better than a lot of those players, but still. Um, so for the lower lo- for the lower round guys, uh, you kind of have to wait and just see how they they play those tests. And it gets and it's so subjective; it's never going to be super accurate, and it it can't be because even if you look at two players who were picked around pick ten last year of the draft, let's use Philip Broberg and Cole Caulfield. We know Broberg's strength is his skating; Caulfield's his shot. Okay, well, what's more important, a forward shot or a defenseman skating? How much more impactful is each? Is Broberg skating that much better? Is Caulfield shot that much better? What is the rest of the? It's impossible to truly accurately rank these guys against each other. So you just do what every other scout in the history of hockey does. You make your best damn guess. Eddie says, what's up, boys? Long time, no comment. I was at the game on Tuesday night, and that was one of the most fun games I've ever been to at the LCA. The fans were all into it, and it was there was a back and forth, uh, let's go Red Wings and go Habs, go chance. It was awesome. It makes me miss competitive hockey. Man, hearing that crowd, I can't wait till this team is good again. 
Uh, just your average Tej says, what's up, my dudes? Recently had a debate with a few hockey friends about which one would be more fun to go to since we live near St. Louis. The skills competition or the actual tournament, which one uh, do you guys think would be better? And as always, stay fresh cheese bags and hashtag oh fuck we lost Terry. Um, um, they both suck. I'd rather go to the skills competition. I would much rather the skills. I'd rather go to the game. Really? It's like watching a Harlem Globetrotters game. Yeah, I don't really have fun. It doesn't sound like... Think of how much time is in between setting up each events and just dead better time. But if the team does it well, they have a good like arena production going on to keep fans engaged. That doesn't excite me in the least. Also more drinking time in between, which is why I like football. (laughs) No. (laughs) I didn't learn to appreciate football until I became an adult. And then you realize how much you can do in those commercials. Yes, exactly. But the moment I care about a game, I hate watching the NFL again. Uh, Matt Haggard says, Sup, boys. Good on Phil there, making good on his promise. He's now got a goal against both Montreal and Arizona with two more games against Ottawa this year. He has a good shot at fulfilling the prophecy and making all three teams that passed on him, Buffalo and Carolina notwithstanding, pay for their folly. Because we were playing Montreal last night, I was reminded that we basically had to trade away Tatar and Gus because we have stupid albatross contracts tied to players who contribute less to the team than a tick does to the world, and it's made me sad. Uh, I know we got Valeno out of the Tatar trade, but it still hurts. Brad. You have a daughter. Have you been exposed to the 11th circle of hell that is the show Pinkalicious? My 19-month-old daughter has discovered it recently, and I would legitimately prefer to sit down, sit through the wings getting blown out by the Bruins, Blackhawks, and Canadians consecutively than hear that girl say Pinktastic one more time. I have not, and thank you for the heads up, because I will block it on my TV. (laughs) (laughs) Final thought, the only thing Burt's All-Star jersey has going for it is the Wings logo in the middle and that he's wearing it. Matt, thank you so much. You are a wordsmith, my friend. Oh, uh, fun story, just because you mentioned (laughs) kids and Bertuzzi in the same one. Uh, Uh Bertuzzi. No, Bertuzzi is the new player in the Red Wings that Meek is absolutely attached to. He's the guy with the hair like her and the missing tooth. <laughs> Every time she sees him, she's like, he's got the hair like me and the missing tooth. She forgets his name 100% of the time, but she knows it's him. Uh, Dylan Krill says, hey, guys, what do you think Seattle will go with? What name? And who do you think they'll end up selecting from Detroit? Oh, boy. Um, I think they'll be boring and go with the sockeye because they're scared of being fun. And from Detroit, they will select, uh, I don't know. We have nobody worth selecting. Uh, Our defensive group is not bad, so it'll probably be like a depth prospect defenseman. So my early guess is the the Seattle Emeralds will take Gustav Lindstrom. Man, Danny DeKaiser is straight up just no trade clause, eh? Yeah. God damn it, Ken Holland. But no, he's he can be left exposed still. It's no move clauses that can't be exposed. Uh, dun, dun, dun. If I'm Seattle, I pick up a Danny Kaiser. I think Detroit might legitimately protect him. <laughs> because as of right now, the only th- like from a skill set standpoint of guys who are who have to be protected, the only three they have worth protecting is Chalosky, Hronik, and DeKaiser. There's nobody else. Uh, Joseph Craig says, I've been a fan of Laviolette in Carolina and Nashville. What do you think about him in Detroit? Do you think it'd be a good fit on a scale of 1 to 10, unlikely to likely? And how likely would it be to see him in Detroit? My preferences would still be DeBoer or Gronberg. I think Laviolette would be an upgrade. I I mean, he's gotten three teams to the cup finals. That It's, it's hard to argue against that. Uh, Fourth time's the charm, they say. Yeah, I, he would be an upgrade. I wouldn't be, you know running to the hills to try and get him but yeah 
Austin Hoiser says, gents, conspiracy theory time. The season continues as it has. Wings end up dead last by good margin, say more than 10 points. Draft lottery approaches. What are the chances Stevie gets on the super secret bat phone to Bettman's office and says, hey, Gary, you saw those standings, right? You know how big hockey in Detroit is, right? Make sure when those balls get picked, it's a winged wheel in the number one spot. Make sure you're grabbing your, my balls. <laughs> 18.3% be damned. Basically, how do we rig the draft lottery to, like the Pens did to get Crosby? Uh, have the Illiches threatened to move them out of Detroit? Here's the problem, and Red Wings fans have to accept this. If you're a, cons- a draft conspiracy theorist and, you're, and the NHL is looking to maximize money, fan interest, whatever you want, the French Canadian superstar getting drafted by Montreal in a draft that's in Montreal. I'm sorry from a storyline standpoint, there is no way Detroit will be the pick this year. We're just hoping this is just true and honest and we have the best odds. That's the only way we get him. It's sad. It's sad. Chris Smith says, hypothetically, if we end up with Lafreniere and he puts up a 100-point season in his rookie campaign, is that enough to make us not the worst team in the NHL? Yes. Yes. Uh, also, in this hypothetical realm, what's the odd man out of the top six, assuming we keep all of Mantha, Bertuzzi, and Fabry? Or do you think we end up trading one of those three? Uh, if we get Lafreniere? Yeah. I think the top line stays together, Mantha, Larkin, Bertuzzi, and then I think the second line becomes Zadina, Lafreniere, Guy. Athanasiu? If they want to put him at center, sure. Yeah. Don't care. Fabry's bounced out. Then Fabry would be bounced out, Yes. Um, although I would see them keeping Fabry in there over Athens. Uh, Rowan says, good day, dud duds. Big thanks to Brian for getting Rob to unblock me on the Twitter machine. Is Kevin there today? Hi, Kevin. Kevin's here. Oh, you blocked him on Twitter? Blocked who? Rowan. I never blocked Rowan. I, I told him you didn't block him. So it's hard to keep up, truly. I'm so confused. <laughs> you must have just interact with him, interacted with him again recently for one of the first times in a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monday, Tuesday. Uh, sorry. Sunday, Monday. Whatever two days I was sick. <coughs> yeah. I was off the Twitter machine. Uh, getting pretty worried that we haven't found Terry yet. The mind wanders to the worst conclusions when he's been missing so long. He's probably in a ditch under a few feet of snow and won't be found till March. Still coming down from the delirium of wiping the Habs again. I have to say my favorite player for them this season is Owen three. Who is yours? <laughs> Um, big question on every person in Canada's mind has to be addressed. Now that Harry and Megan have also Brexited, which town will they move to? Will it be Letter Kenry, Kenny or Shits Creek? Please show your workings. It'll be British Columbia. Because if you have the money to move to British Columbia, you'd do it. Um, I know they're going financially independent, but something tells me the royal family is not hard pressed for cash. Um, jersey time. All star jersey. This is another reason Adidas shouldn't be allowed to design jerseys. It's not their worst work, but it ain't great. Yeah, that's pretty much where it is. Yeah. See fresh cheese bags. Ken Pope says, hey, boys, old to the pod and new to the Patreon. Just want to say the pod is awesome, and I listen to it at work every day when it comes out. Ken is a name-level sponsor. Ken, thank you so much for supporting us for so long and now on Patreon. We appreciate you, man. Welcome to the Dub Dub family. Thanks for giving me some laughs. I'm from a little uh south of cleveland ohio and wings fans can be hard to come by because everyone around me is a pens fan and they have to let you know when you talk to them anyways thanks again connor mcdavid gives me ptsd stay fresh cheese bags hey they kept him pointless in his first game against detroit oh uh fun fact little caesar's arena is the only nhl arena connor mcdavid has not scored a goal in you know he's gonna have six points the next time he plays i don't care we'll still be the last until seattle comes in matt mckay says hey guy or what's up guys hope you all have been able to have a good start to your new year i heard in wings for 
Breakfast Pod about the potential of bringing back Igor Larionov as a coaching option. Just want to know what y'all thought about it. I hope you have a great rest of your week and we need to figure out how to get Terry back. Cheers, Matt. I thought he was a player agent. Why would he want to come back as a coach? Has uh, he expressed interest? Yeah, he's talked about it before. Oh, okay. Uh, that is, there's a lot of like reunions where I'm like, this is nice to think about. And as a fan, you'd love it. Like the whole Fedorov thing. But you're like, where would they actually fit in? Larry Onoff is a brilliant hockey mind. And that he was known for that when he was a player. And I would bet to hell that that would translate uh, in administration. So yeah, I would love to see him come back. Even as an assistant coach, just to try out. And like, just try something different anything's an upgrade <laughs> and like let's be real the red wings fans what's the best thing that's happened to them in the in all of 2019 was steve eisman returning had nothing to do with the on ice product because that's not there right now build on that like this is the most engaged red wings have fans have been since 2015 like build on that bring larry on back why not it'll get people back into the game who left it you know that i love the idea of that and i it's hard to know and you know you don't really get any real information from Steve Eisman, but you hope there's a little nostalgic twinge to him and he brings back the old crew. Connor Jager says, hey, boys, long time, no comment. I was pondering after this after watching the World Juniors. What's Sider's absolute highest ceiling? Every time I see this kid play, he's an absolute stud and seems to be a two or three moves ahead of everyone else. Thanks for all you do, boys. Can't wait to see you at the Grand Rapids meetup. Absolute highest ceiling? Oh, man. he's his- Highest ceiling is a Norris candidate in my mind. Yeah, a fringe Norse candidate. I don't think he'll ever be a legitimate like in the in the conversation, but won't, won't be perennial, but I get, can see him have a couple of years get where he, some votes on the ballot. Yeah. If he has his high like sorry, let me scale that down into reality here. His true highest ceiling is he's a true top pairing defenseman and he's the Red Wings number one D man for a long time. He definitely strikes me <clears throat> excuse me, as one of the guys who, you know, if every is development keeps projecting upwards he'll be one of those guys where it's like god i can't believe this guy hasn't won a norris or he doesn't get enough mention for the norris because of his defensive game uh, maybe he may the points may not be there like putting up 80 point seasons but he, he'll have good point seasons and he'll play excellent defense and he'll be one of those guys who's like this is what the norris was designed for yeah and he doesn't get the credit for it yeah okay hear me out if we're going to use NHL player comparisons to simplify it. So we're talking about a big skilled, but unflashy defenseman who is super sound defensively and can eat a ton of minutes. Ryan Suter. Yeah. Yeah. That, I like that to, comparison. That's probably his best case scenario. More insider has a chance to be something special for a lot of reasons. Like if he goes out there and is just a huge body and lays people out and is a shutdown D man and puts up like 40 points, I think that'd be enough. That for is Brian Suter. Yeah. Hall of Fame, Chris Pronger. Let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> keep the elbows down. Scott Stevens. And now this is far to the right on the probability curve, right? Like we're talking yeah. like everything goes right. The stars align and he gets all the, like all the good voodoo. Like uh, he's 80% of Ryan Suter. We're happy. Yeah. Uh, Case Denji says, hi, fellas. I'll be attending the January 18th game for my bachelor party and was curious what this woo thing you mentioned is. Other plans for the weekend include fouling, something in Hamtramck, a cigar lounge, the obligatory casino slash strip club, and of course, some buddy's pizza. As I've only been to the LCA for uh, once for a game, is there anything or you or other listeners think I need to do while I'm there that I might have missed the first time? Uh, I think what you were there the first time, you probably caught like all the sites, like all the murals and stuff. Try the different food. There's a taco place. It's great. I think their zesty poutine is awesome. The woo is uh, born of the Ric Flair woo video that they've played and Red Wings fans have been bored because the team sucks this year. And pretty much all you hear in the background of a lot of games is woo, like, but echoed from 20 different places around the upper bowl 
repeatedly for no reason. And at first you're like, ha ha. And after a while you're like, ha, oh, please stop. Who are the Red Wings playing that game? Uh, Florida, I believe. Florida? January 18th. We gave away a ticket for that. Is there any, is there, um, okay, here's what you do. You get really, really drunk before the game. You show up, you put on an Eric Carlson jersey, you wear it backwards, stand by the glass during warmups and just stare at Mike Hoffman the entire time. Uh, Matthew Keeler says, hello, apologies for the length of this uh, post. Growing up in Michigan, it was easy to call yourself a Red Wings fan when they were very good, but be only being a fan and namesake. Last September, I was headed to Detroit Tigers game at the end of their season. Happened to see the Red Wings preseason was happening the same weekend and tickets were cheap. Uh, attended the Islanders preseason game with my wife. Holy shit, after seeing hockey in person, I have been hooked. Been watching as many games as possible, about three quarters of the game this season. Total estimation of West Coast games do not count. Uh, within a week of the preseason game, I started looking for hockey podcasts, found the Winged Wheel podcast, and I've been listening ever since. Thank you, man. That means a lot. Uh, I don't think it can be the easiest time to become super invested when a team is in this rebuilding situation but with your podcast and you guys live tweeting games as a healthy supplement to the games it has helped me stay addicted invested and increase my hockey knowledge at a rapid pace and continue to have me wanting more hockey thank you love the show matthew you are going through the absolute grind right now addiction (laughs) Uh, thank you for allowing us to be your drug that means so much to us and i want you to know uh when things are good it is a hundred times better being a fan of this team so good for you for getting in now you are a true true fan and we appreciate um the love and support you're showing twitter's never really been a thing when the red wings are have been like good good no i have no idea what i'll tweet if they're good yeah they we are gonna be in uncharted territory like we're either gonna quadruple our followers or lose all of them (laughs) either we're just gonna post happy stuff all the time that means absolutely nothing or we're gonna get obsessively nitpicky and people will be angry because we're getting obsessively nitpicky i don't see any other way that will go uh he says question if this has been covered before sorry uh how does three guys from canada end up wings fans uh i was born and raised in windsor ontario so i can see joe lewis arena from my house i started cheering for the red wings when i was so little i don't actually remember why i started cheering for them leafs fans are insufferable <laughs> uh hunter saunders says casual i can just imagine four-year-old evan saying that <laughs> i he- can i think i said it just like that probably too. hunter saunders says hey guys i seem to be in the minority that likes the all-star jerseys i like the music staff design being minimalistic allowing the logos to pop for instance the flyer logo looks good on both the black and white oh it's a music thing yeah yeah i i recognize the music chords going through the jersey because st louis's division rival nashville already does the same thing on their numbers sorry i couldn't i couldn't see that because i was blinded by the palette choice of some logos uh all-star jerseys have rarely been anything other than the neon eyesore so i appreciate the black and white the past two years letting the logos do the work one last thing i thought of would you do bogosian for nielsen with us retaining salary on Franz if you're buffalo if they want out of the bogo contract and we have the space to pay him and 50 percent of Franz's deal they have d depth and not a lot of forward depth what i want to pick Bogo's contract let's look this up uh, i don't think we take anybody unless we're getting picks back Bogosian wouldn't be I'll able- take a bad contract on shorter term to get rid of a bad contract. Bogosian's got one True. year left at 5.1. After this year? Uh, this is his last year. Oh. Oh, 100%. Why would they do that? My God, yes. How much money would you retain on Nielsen? Actually, that doesn't matter. Yeah, no. I'd yeah. take half. Yes. Yeah, I'll 100%. take it. Yeah, get it gone. Um, 
Peter Ploshonsky says, boys, I hope this week finds you well. Uh, Paterka and Reichel are now more on the hockey world radar after good performances at the World Juniors. Uh, I think I saw Paterka ranked 18th by elite prospects, but could yeah, be wrong. Man. Does Stevie try to snag one of them in the second or third round or both and make Detroit a top destination for German talent? Go Wings. Team, We're going to get an Olympic silver medal soon enough. Joseph Fournier says, do-do-do, be-boop, do-do-do, be-bop, do-wop, ole. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Uh, we've reached the conclusion of the Athens CU one-for-one trade game. Thanks for playing. You've all been great sports. The data called just goes to show how hard trades really are in the NHL. You had great discussions of not only talent level, but other factors like contract status, salary, and how each player would fit with their prospective teams. Hope people think about these things more when they scream about how we should offer our deadweight contracts for Connor McDavid. Newsflash, Holmes, ain't ever going to happen. As for AA, after watching him play live and looking at a shitty effort level, I'm all for trading him, but I think it's going to happen after the season and he won't fetch what he's worth after his 30-goal season uh, when he should have been traded. Interesting that in Friedman's 31 thoughts, he mentions a source saying Athanasiu will be traded because he's not Eisman's cup of tea. Now is about the time in the podcast where Ryan is reading these comments as fast as he can. So part with this. (laughs) Hey, man, I didn't ask for that attack. Uh, Evan, now that Town Hall 13 is here, are you going to finally upgrade to Town Hall 12? Oh, I don't. Oh, I guess this is big news. I don't play Clash of Clans anymore. Whoa! Yeah. What happened? I haven't played um, maybe in a couple of months now. That is big nudes. Big nudes? Yeah. Oh, I say that all the time. I didn't realize I said that at the moment. Oh, weird. Yeah. That's the first time. What have you been doing with your life? I don't know. He's been showing up to the podcast more. What do you mean? <laughs> but I've been traveling more. It's weird. <laughs> In case you guys have been wondering why Evan's been here so much, it's because Cat deleted Clash of Clans from his no, phone. No, it's there. It's still on my phone. I just have no desire to play it anymore. He, he just closed it one day, walked outside like a bear walking out of its cave in March. Yeah, that was Sun's it. out. What is he this? Went, it's winter? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Uh, hashtag, oh, fuck, we lost Terry. Stay fresh cheese bags. Chris Canal says, thoughts on the new Letterkenny season? Oh, it was good. It was one of the best seasons in a while. It felt more like season one and two of Letterkenny, which I appreciated. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm still laughing out at hit, laughing at him calling out me reading long posts quickly. Uh, we want to thank all of our patrons, our name level sponsors, uh, Arjun Shanker. I love my playoff bound Packers. Hey man, good luck this weekend. Scott Martin, Luke Johnson, Mitchell Shinkowski, Hassam Al Kassem, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Aaron Taylor, Langabeer, Ken Pope. New name level sponsor, Matthew M. Rice, Kayla Thompson, Ryan Lewis, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kaylin Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, Connor Leighton, new name level sponsor, uh, Danny Jr., K. Was, Simon Anderson as Evan. Uh, oh, that was your bottle rattling around. I thought you were playing Clash of Clans. I was about <laughs> to, that was just the bell saying, let's, let's hurry up. <laughs> ding, 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 classes out. And we're going to relapse, or we're going to end before Evan relapses back into mobile game addiction. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.